Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. It's time for the church to acknowledge that we have brothers and sisters who are gay. LGBTs have to find a household of worship that reflects what your views are and what you believe. A gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. What's not loving is to look someone in the eye when God says they are in jeopardy of an eternity in hell and merely wink and nod at their sin because you're afraid of being called names. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's a record-breaking day at Wretched Radio. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. It is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly tall, free. The veil is here. Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. Congratulations. You are about to witness a record being broken, and it ain't going to be that hard. Why? We are having a mailbag week here at Wretched Radio. Yesterday, we actually shared two emails. <laughs> that means today we're going to break that record. Aren't we, Jimmy? Oh, we're going to do more? (laughs) Where can you send those emails? Idea at wretched.org, 282-233-2877. That's it. 1-877-282-2337. Right. That's right. You can text it or call. Did you know that there is actually a malady? I wish I could think. It's not dyslexia. People, they, somebody who's, who's got the malady I'm describing, they read left to right. And the words don't get flipped or jumbled. But with numbers, they do. There's actually a name for that. Number jumbling. Sort of like oh. dyslexia, but for just just limited to math. Which I'm just going to say I have. one 877 I should just read that. What I should do. Standard text messaging rates apply. All right. This first. Uh, do we really have to? Can we stop that? No, we can't. Just once a show. I do it. I do it as often as I do more than once because it bothers you. <laughs> but just it's, once a show. It's 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 the uh, legally demanded disclaimer <laughs> that just keeps on annoying. That's Got right. It. You're getting your money's worth. <laughs> All right. This first question comes from anonymous. Todd, I need some advice on how to best encourage my husband, who is a bivocational discouraged pastor. Mm-hmm. Besides praying continually for him, he's a church planner and is a faithful expositor of the word, but recently had some leave the church because he wasn't preaching on the issues of the day. Yo, that's a biggie right there. That mm-hmm. was that was what lit me up. Not preaching on the issues of the day. These are people I understand. You're concerned. Civilization, it's crumbling. <laughs> I get it. And there are, there are a growing number of evangelicals who not only feel that, but demand pastors address those issues head on. And I think a lot of that fire gets stoked from secular conservative talk shows. I've heard this. I've read it. I've seen it. When are these pastors going to step up? Huh? When are these pastors going to start preaching against fill in the blank? When are these pastors going to stop being cowards? Hold the phone, sir. You have stepped out of your realm of authority. You're a talk show host. You don't get to go into a church and tell pastors what to do. 
That is their responsibility. And they, because they actually know their sheep, get to make those decisions and determine what it is that they're going to be preaching. Furthermore, some people just have the conviction. I'm just saying, there are people who have the conviction to never do topical sermons. They might address it when it comes up in the text, but they're never going to do topical sermons because they are committed to expository verse-by-verse preaching. People who then try to tell, force, strong-arm the pastor to speak on their hot-button issues, I think are also stepping out of their realm of authority. Can you encourage your pastor to do those things? Sure, you can share your heart, but then you submit. You submit to your pastor, recognizing he might not share all of the reasons, but that he has sufficient reasons to not preach on your particular hot-button issue. And I would also ask you, if you're, you're feeling that way, how many sermons does he need to preach? How many times does he need from the pulpit to speak out against your issue? What will satisfy you? I, I, I see this trend happening a lot, and it's causing a lot of grief for a lot of pastors. This is not to suggest, 1 Timothy 5, that you cannot respectfully sit down with your pastor and ask him questions. Sir, I'm just wondering, you know, this whole thing, the marriage thing and the trans thing and the sexuality, how, how come you're, you're not speaking on these things? And you can respectfully have a conversation with him, but at the end of the day, you submit to him. That's, this is why we need to submit to our elders. God has put them, we're not always going to agree with them. That's why your kids are commanded to submit to you, because they're not always going to agree with you. But your kids don't get to leave because mom and dad don't do what they want them to do. They submit. And we need to do that too with our pastors. Correct? Respectfully? Lovingly? Encourage if you want to? But leaving? Mm, 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 mm. Um, there, there, there have to be other reasons than just that. And this pastor happens to be discouraged because that's been happening to him. What can you do, madam? You, you need to continue to remind him that he is being faithful. You need to remind him that he does have the authority to make these decisions because he does know best. You can remind him that God is sovereign and he is in this. And if that church is shrinking, then, then so be it. But God will bless him because of faithfulness. That's what you're called to, Pastor. Faithfulness. Not church growth. Not church size. You are called to faithfulness. Got to tell you, tangentially, sort of on this subject, our Sunday sermon, we're going through 1 Peter. And 1 Peter chapter 3, what a reminder of what it is that we're supposed to be doing in this society. I, I, I know politics, be involved if you would like to. Please vote. I encourage you to vote. You, you, you can do whatever activity that you want to, to try to propel human flourishing in a positive direction. You, you have the liberty to do that. But first, Peter would tell us that we are actually given our marching orders about how we're supposed to respond to a government that is becoming increasingly hostile toward us. Uh, we are suddenly, as 21st century Christians, having to put ourselves into first century sandals. We're getting close to that. About 64 AD, June-ish, 64 AD, 
the, the neuronic persecution kicked it into high gear. Believe me, it was already happening when Peter wrote First Peter in 62-ish. But it was right around the corner. And it slammed hard. And Christianity was on the outs. And people were being persecuted. People were being lit as torches to light the city. That's what they were facing. We're not there yet, but we're getting closer. And I would then say, First Peter's words need to be considered probably more thoroughly, thoughtfully, and intensely than ever. Here's what it says. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for, for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you are called to this. What is the context of Peter? It is persecution and your response, the way you live, is going to motivate people to ask, what's up with you? What is the reason for the hope that lies within you? That's what comes up in verse 15 of this very same chapter. If you take a look at 1 Peter 2, 14, Submit to the government, governors, those who are sent by the punishment for evil, for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, not using liberty as a cloak. Honor all people, love the brother, fear, the, fear God, honor the king. What's in view with that command of submission? What's in view is that when we submit even to a bad government, we, we're speaking a word that we are here for a different king. We don't worship Caesar. We worship King Jesus. And they will ask about what is going on, that they might be saved in the day of visitation. So how we react to hostility and how we live on a daily basis is spelled out for us in 1 Peter chapter 3. Be of one mind. By the way, it's a chiasm here. It's five, a list of five in, in, a, in a chiasm. All of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Don't return evil for evil. Reviling for reviling. But bless. That's how we're supposed to be living. And even though the world looks at us and they think that we are first-class kooks these days. Ooh, how far we've come so fast. That we are, we are now esteemed. What Romans 1 would basically say is human insanity, foolishness, a darkened mind. That's what they think of us. And that narrative is catching on. And that is, that is how you are being portrayed. Just keep on keeping on. Live like this. Just love one another. Be tenderhearted. Be compassionate. And that will speak a word. And if I might, in response to the email... Submit to your pastors. That, by the way, is 1 Peter chapter 5. Even when he's not talking about the stuff that you think that he should be talking about. This is Wretched Radio. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty. And I asked, and it said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a tomorrow club four times a month so every single week what what's the what does it take to make that happen ready a buck one dollar that's it the kid comes they get treats 
they get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Well, thanks to our amazing gospel partners around here, we have been able to accomplish some pretty amazing things in 2023. This past year, we were able to launch Season 2 of Transformed, we launched Wretched Worldview 2, and let's not forget Season 4 of Road Trip to Truth, plus hundreds of hours of Wretched TV and radio. Now, what's possible for 2024? Well, we are excited to tell you about something new that we'll be starting next year. Can't let the cat out of the bag just yet, but what we can tell you is we need your help in order to make it happen. That's why we want you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. And right now through the end of the year, when you do that, every donation you give will be matched dollar for dollar. So join us, become a gospel partner today, and together let's make 2024 even wretched-er. In a good way, of course. If you happen to be staring down the health insurance barrel and you are groaning because you're going to have to figure out what do we do? Can we change? What do we get in November when it's open enrollment month? That barrel can be removed because every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Would you please call them if you're dealing with the health insurance blues? <laughs> please Take two minutes out of your day and give them a call at 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's affordable biblical health sharing. Average family saves $500 per month. Average. Their ratings, high, teledocs. Please check out MediShare by calling them, finding out how much your family will save. Or you can visit MediShare.com slash wretched, MediShare.com slash wretched, where every day is enrollment day at MediShare. God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is the ability to discern between true and false spirits. Satan masquerades as an angel of light, and many false teachers present their lies as God's truth. But God has given us His truth, and He has equipped us to tell true from false in accordance with His Word. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, maybe we... Won't be setting a record today. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy? Yes? You have some thoughts. The woman, who's the pastor's wife, recognizing her shepherd pastor is discouraged because some people are leaving the church because he's not using the pulpit to speak about the issues of the day to the level that they've determined is necessary. Right. How could she encourage him? And you actually had a thought during the break that I think is is in a, a way that she could encourage him. What did you say about this fellow? Well, I just said that, you know, the way she described her husband as being discouraged, that lets me know that he is a shepherd. Yep. And he takes his job as a shepherd seriously because he is discouraged that people are leaving. And as a shepherd, you know, even though people are leaving, does it mean you necessarily stop shepherding them or caring for their souls? That You don't just unplug that. that I, 
I, I do not have a Bible verse to support this, but I believe this is a truism. As much as you love your pastor, and I hope you do, he loves you more. He cares for you much more than you care for him. And you might care for him a lot. Shepherds care for the sheep. They are willing to lay down their lives for you. They will get up in the middle of the night to come and minister to you because they love you that much. And so if this fellow is being discouraged, it's because he loves the sheep. And even though the people, they may be left even on acrimonious terms, he still cares for them. And I would suggest that would be an encouragement that this wife could give to her, her husband who's discouraged. Only good shepherds get discouraged, honey. Yeah, true. It, it, that, that, that feel wounded like this. So be encouraged. You're being faithful. I think the other thing she could do is just take him to the Bible and remind him in multiple verses, faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. That's all you're called to. You're going to receive crowns. You're going to receive rewards. For your faithfulness, not in how many people attended on Sunday morning. I, I hear this all the time. And, and, and first of all, I don't think that it even matters that the average size of a church in this country is, go ahead and guess, 70. 70, that's the average size of a church. Now, that shouldn't matter, but we'll use that for the sake of this point. So many people say, hey, I just go to a small church, like 100 people. Actually, that's bigger than average. I only go to a church with 50 people. That, that's not a small church. The size thing is so irrelevant. It, God doesn't say that, hey, your job is to get as many people to sit during a service as possible. No. He calls pastors to be faithful, to shepherd the sheep that God delivers to him. That is what he is after, this whole emphasis on numbers, numbers, numbers. Every pastor feels it. Uh, that would be another way you could encourage him. Honey, don't look at the numbers. Let, look at faithfulness. Furthermore, let's go looking at some of the fruit that is being born in the lives of those who stay. Don't bring those things to his attention. Furthermore, you can share with him First Peter 5. Shepherd the flock, the elders who are among you, I exhort. As a fellow elder, as a partaker of the glory which will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonor, gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. That's you, honey. That's you right there. Keep shepherding the sheep that God has entrusted to your care, and you're going to receive a crown of glory. Encourage him through the word. And please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, whatever, to idea at wretched.org. All right, this next question is from Walker. It came by text. He says, Todd, help. I just found out I'm having a baby girl. How do I raise a girl with gentleness and strength? I feel like I have only been ready to have boys. Yeah, you're, you're going to change, sir. <laughs> you're going to change. <laughs> Girls and boys, I don't know if you've noticed this, they are different. And raising them, it is different. There's something about the old saying, daddy's little girl. Yeah, they, they, they get into your heart real deep. So, sir, just... Just love your daughter. You'll, you'll get it. Don't worry. You'll get it. 
Having said that, here are perhaps a couple of ideas that might help you. Uh, they, they do, I believe, typically demand more tenderness. They need your protection. They need your strong arm. They also need you to curb some of their propensities that aren't so pleasing, that they might have a tendency uh, to uh, be... Jimmy, I don't think I can choose a word that is not going to agitate somebody here. <laughs> uh, you don't want them to be whiny. You, you, you want to help them. Don't scold them. Help them. Uh, that, that they, 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 every, every little issue can become an A-bomb sort of affair. You want to help them through that. Now, boys have got their bag of, of mischief that they need to deal with. And uh, my apologies for choosing a word that is, uh, it, it would, if it's an offense, it's certainly unintentional. But the propensity of little girls' drama, to create that sort of drama, need to help them with that. You, you need to be studying your kids. Here's one for whether you've got a girl or a boy. Whether it, and I don't care where they're at in their age. I encourage you to do this. This will just be a helpful thing for you to do. Not, not just in the years to come, but today. Get yourself a baby book that has a place for letters in the back. And it's got a bunch of blank pages. Write your child a letter every uh, in the beginning, like every three months, and then it'll slow down. And then when they're teenagers, pfft, haven't touched that thing in years. It'll do two things. When they get older, you're going to look back and go, whoa, that was there when they were in the crib. But it'll also help you when they are in the crib because you'll start to identify them. Write to them what they're like. Hey, this is how you respond to this. This is how you act around that. These are the things you like to eat. These are the games you like to play. Here's how you respond when you get physically hurt. This is how you respond when you don't get your way. And it'll help you to study your child. And then you jump into disciple your child. Uh, are there some gender distinctions that need to be considered? Well, sure, there are. Because we just want to be on the lookout for those issues, probably more based on the gender. But if you study your kid, boy or girl, you will help them to curb the bad stuff. And it'll also help you to encourage the good stuff. And all that to say, sir, I would have one last word for you. Enjoy. I got to tell you, I'll see, a, I'll see a, a young dad, a young mom with a little girl. And if kidnapping weren't illegal and a sin. I'd consider it. Enjoy those years. Idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, you don't have any boys, so you're not engaged with this. I don't have any boys. Or I don't any have any girls, rather. I'm I, sorry. I don't have any girls. No, I do not. I don't have girls. Legalists with your gender categories over there. You don't well, have any girls. I do not, but they're all little sinners. They're just so delightful. Just absolutely. I have a confession to make. I, uh, you know, I think I, to a degree, I get the whole, I'm a man and I want to have boys. I need sons. Uh, um, okay, maybe that's kind of like baked into our DNA to a degree. But I got to tell you something. I dug having my little girls a lot. Wouldn't trade them for anybody. Hmm. Idea at wretched.org. One of them's really mean to me all the time. That's because you cultivate it. <laughs> I wish you I wish you could be in the 
it never crosses the line into clearly, hey, this is this is becoming sinful. But you and my daughter, who works across the hall from you, she's been here for five, six years now. You two, your love language toward each other is sarcasm. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. The, t- the two of you. <laughs> Honestly, one eight seven seven two eight two two three three seven. All right. This next question is from Ren. Todd, what are your thoughts on Christians who write fantasy stories, but also still want to honor God with their work? How should we portray things like magic and characters committing sin? Yeah, negatively. If you've got to talk about that stuff or write about that, I don't. I don't think it is a sin necessarily to do that. But make sure everybody understands magic, witchcraft, divination, sorcery. God hates it. And if it isn't presented in such a negative way, then I would suggest leaving it out. If, would you talk about another sin and, and, and focus on it and make it look good? You'd go, well, absolutely not. Why? Because it's a sin. Witchcraft, divination, sorry, it's a sin. And so if we paint it in kind of a positive light, <laughs> Harry Potter, <clears throat> sorry, a little tickle in my throat right there. Uh, I don't think we should be doing that because it, it, it would encourage people uh, to think that maybe that's kind of cool. And by the way, prediction fulfilled more people into witchcraft, Wicca, sorcery, Nordic goddesses than the, just just an absolute explosion. Why? I don't know. Maybe it would be because we have a tendency to glamorize witchcraft, divination and sorcery. And we don't tend to downplay it and paint it as it being the negative thing that it is in God's eyes. So if you're going to write about it, you can write fiction, nonfiction, whatever you choose, fantasy stuff. Just make sure you make make it clear that people understand sin is sin. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. We start with news on Amazon, who's looking to expand their operations in Florida. Jeff Bezos has recently left Seattle for the Sunshine States. Apparently, even billionaires prefer sunshine and low taxes. And who can blame him after the failed social experiment that's taking place in Seattle? In entertainment news, a male guest was recently arrested at Disneyland for stripping completely naked while riding its small world. Perhaps it was a metaphor for Disney exposing itself so much lately. The Magic Kingdom has seemed more like a moral haunted house than the most magical place on earth, hasn't it? And speaking of Disney, the company filed its annual SEC report last week and once again cited a lack of consumer acceptance for its falling revenue. You think if you're a business wanting to make money, you would appeal yourself to the segment of people who spend the most money with you. But that's not what's happening at Disney. Now, a school in Vermont that pulled out of a basketball game over a trans-identifying male player is now suing the state for barring it from the state tournament as well as a state tuition program. Mid-Vermont Christian School in Hartford filed the federal lawsuit against the state in Burlington this week, alleging that the Vermont Agency of Education committed religious discrimination when it refused to designate the school as an approved independent school. I'll keep you updated on exactly what happens in that story for sure. Overseas radicals attacked a small Pakistani church while intoxicated earlier this week. 
thankfully there were no Christians killed in that violence, but in Nigeria, there were at least 10 Christians slain in Tabara State last week by militants. Our brothers and sisters overseas are facing so much growing persecution. We have to continue to remember to fervently be praying for them daily. Finally, a new study has confirmed something that, well, most Christians probably already knew, and that's that one in three women worldwide become depressed after an abortion. This procedure is sold so deceptively as something that's empowering, but the carnage that it actually leaves behind reveals the real truth. It's far from removing just tissue. Mothers deeply feel the loss of life that they participate in. And if you know someone who has had an abortion, reach out to them. Help them because chances are they are walking through the same depression that this study has reported. That's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Mexican. There are many words to help us understand the nature of the Bible. Words like plenary verbal inspiration. God inspired every word of Scripture, guiding the human authors as they wrote without violating each man's personality and writing style. In the Bible, we have the very Word of God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Record broken. Barely, but it has been achieved. This is Wretched Radio. It is mailbag week. Hopefully it is an encouragement to you. Then in some way, whatever we muse on here is helpful to your life, but also an encouragement that other people, despite what social media portrays, are going through stuff. Just Life is just filled with sin. (laughs) So hopefully, in that sense, it encourages you. You know, Jimmy, this age and people struggling, I was thinking about Cheers. I don't know why, but I was thinking about Cheers Mm -hmm. and the theme song. Okay. Back, I think that was in the 80s. Wasn't that when Cheers took place? Yeah. Was in the 80s? Early 90s. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And I I can't remember the verse, but it's something like, hey, making your way through the world Oh, it's really hard. It's always been hard. It's new manifestations of hard, perhaps. Typically the same old, same old, just repackaged in a shiny new sinful wrapping. But it's it's hard. And there's stuff going on. And I I can't help but think we are all infected to varying degrees because of all of the images that we see on TV where everything is marvelous, simply marvelous. Speaking of TV and something that isn't marvelous, yes, my brain is having another synapse. Saw the most depressing commercial in the history of television. What was that? Rolling Stones. They're back on tour. Did you know that? The Rolling Stones? I I did not. Keith Keith, Keith Jagger. If they were married, good, <laughs> legal, apparently. Uh, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger. I think Mick Jagger's an octogenarian. Mm. And maybe Keith Richards, he looks like he's an octogenarian. They are old and they are prancing about on the stage for another world tour, hoping they don't break a hip. Saw the commercial for it. <sighs> oh, the Rolling Tour Stones concert, sponsored by, get ready for this. This is going to hurt. Double ARP. Oh, man. one 282 2337 All right. This question is from Sam. Mr. Friel, I have a 
conundrum. If you had to choose to be a member of a church, assuming both are doctrinally sound, which would it be? Church number one has a phenomenal pastor, preaches spot on the one right there. every week. Go to that one. But the church does little together apart from Sunday services. Yep. Go to that one. Church number two, okay. on the other hand, has a mediocre pastor, yet the church body is incredible, actively working in the lives of one another and serving the Lord together. Giving these two choices, which church should you choose? Oh, let me think about it. I'm not exactly sure which one. The first one. You're, now, you happen to identify a deficiency in this great church. Okay? That's, you've identified a deficiency. Guess what? There's a bunch of other ones. Here's, this is my rule. You can deal with this as you see fit. You see a problem in your church. You're the one who should fix it. Go to the best church you can. Go to the best Bible teaching church that you can find. That's the mandate. That, that's your greatest need. Everything else, secondary, tertiary, and way down the alphabet. Then you, you need that first church. You see a deficiency, get to work on it. You could help them with it. Not in a critical way, but seeing that there's a need, then, then, then be the facilitator. Be gopher. What was? Wow. Wow. Maybe it's, it's appropriate the Rolling Stones are sponsored by AARP. It was the love boat. The, is it the per? Who's the one responsible for running all of the, the parties on the on the, the love boat cruise? I, I don't know. I think it was, was a gopher. Was it Julie? <laughs> Questions that need answers or I won't sleep well tonight. Be the one who facilitates those things. Do you see something in your church that is needing? Get on it. That, that could very well be God's way of saying, you've got a passion for that. I want you to apply your energy, your skills, maybe even your concerns to that area. But as far as which church would I pick? Uh, to me, that would be a no-brainer. It's the best Bible teaching church that you can find. Idea. Okay. I, Jimmy, I, got, I just got it here. What's that? I was multitasking. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Let's just see. This is a long song, the Cheers theme song. They cut. Here's verse two. All those nights when you've got no light, the check is in the mail, and your little angel hung the cat up by its tail, and your third fiancé didn't show. Sometimes you want to go. We all know that. Roll out of bed, Mr. Coffee's dead. This song isn't cheery at all. The morning's looking bright. The morning's looking bright. And you sh and your shrink ran off to Europe and didn't even write. Hmm. And your husband wants to be a girl. <laughs> what is that today? That's a good thing today. <laughs> no wonder why Cheers isn't seen a lot. They can't have a theme song like that. You've seen many MASH reruns? With Corporal Klinger in it, where everybody knows your name, where everybody, boy wants, your husband wants to be a girl. Be glad there's one place in the world where everybody knows your name. You know what that is? A good Bible teaching local church. one 282 Julie McCoy. She was, what was her title? The cruise director. The cruise, there you go. Yeah. Be the cruise director of your church. You might want to work on the title because that one may be. Has a little baggage to it. See a problem? Go for it. The building's dilapidated. You're handy. 
fix it. You, the, the bathrooms aren't clean. Clean them. This is, this is what church is. This isn't hired staff that takes care of all of these things. We, we pay the guy to do that. Okay, fair enough. But that doesn't mean that we're exempt from participating in the life of the church, working in the church, serving in the church. See a problem? Get on it. One eight seven seven two eight two two three three seven for the third time. <laughs> this is from Luke. Todd, uh, I, I've been looking into the origins of chiropractic care and recently found that its founder, D.D. Palmer, was a spiritist who claimed to have received chiropractic knowledge from a deceased physician. Palmer's approach to chiropractic was closer to a religious belief than medical practice, and I'm curious about your opinion on its use and compatibility with Christian beliefs. Here's a question. Let's just say you get a bad phone call from your doctor, and it is a disease, it's an illness. Good news, there's a cure for it. You, of course, jump online and Google that disease. I got to know what this thing is. Am I going to die? What are the odds? What's the cure? What is, what's the rate? How long do I have here? What can be done about this? And you read that there's a cure, a very high level of success, but the guy who invented it was a spiritist. Or the guy who invented it was, he claims that he got the recipe for the pill uh, through a, a, dead, a dead doctor. Would you take it? I suspect you would. Same thing would be true with chiropractor. I, I don't know the history of it. I, I'll trust that the fellow who was the one who initiated it, although I suspect there were others that were involved in these types of practices, he could have been into all kinds of hanky-panky. I don't think that that should stop the Christian from availing oneself of something that brings about relief. Now, having said that, there can be some chiropractors today that are into that sort of hocus-pocusy sort of stuff. Uh, and it, and it and it can it can get pretty eastern. Now, not necessarily, not necessarily, but they they get into auras that can be funky. They get into chakras, which, by the way, did she have a voice or what? Uh, sh- chakra. chakra Khan, Chakra Khan. <laughs> she was quite a singer. That Chakra Khan. <laughs> they, they they and they might get into all kind um uh kinesiology can be good or bad. So I, I, I wouldn't concern myself with the sinful state of the inventor of the person who built your car, the designer of your sinner. We live in this world. We participate in the system without actually participating in the sins. So if you run into a chiropractor that's into weird stuff, crystals and doing weird things, um, avoid that. But I don't think that means you have to avoid chiropractic. 877-282-2337. Yeah, I was going to say that I don't think, I don't see. Trying to set a record here. <laughs> Sorry. I was just going to say, I don't see many chiropractors today uh, recruiting people into a religion. So, um, it, it, Yeah, I mean, sure. I, typically not. But there are some who I suspect that are into weirdness. Oh, I, yeah. I know there are. They, they just do mystical Eastern sort of stuff because the body is quite mysterious. You can't. There's more going on with your body than what I think traditional medicine identifies. There's just there's stuff. And the electricity that emanates from us, you know, 
are the, are those 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 the colors around you? I, I don't know how all that stuff works because I think the body is far more amazingly designed than we will ever understand, frankly. So we can try to study that stuff and we can maybe even try to identify that to see if there might be some health benefits from getting a handle on, let's just say, Chakra Khans. But don't participate in the divination, the mysticism, the Eastern religion. That would be crossing the line. This is Wretched Radio. So you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally? Well, then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. You have to support men who are elder qualified proclaimers of the word. When we support a man coming out of TMAI, we know not only that he is properly trained, but we know that he will still be supervised. Would you please join TMAI, the Master's Academy International, in advancing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through expository preaching in local churches around the globe. It's a magnificent ministry, and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for supporting indigenous pastors around the world. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. We certainly appreciate it when you tune in and you listen to Wretched Radio and you check out our other resources that are available at wretched.org. Thank you for listening. We couldn't do this without you. Because who would listen? Who would watch? <laughs> we need people to watch and listen in order to continue doing this. So thank you for supporting us in that way. Now, if you would like to take our relationship to a higher level, we also need your support financially. Because just like if we don't have listeners and viewers to listen to and view the content, we can't produce it. Well, if we don't have the financial resources, we also can't produce the content we produce. And so we need your help in that regard as well. So if you've ever considered becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner, we would certainly appreciate that. We have answers for any questions you could possibly have available at wretched.org slash donate. That's wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat. Would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Revelation. How can anyone know God unless he reveals himself. If God did not speak, religion would be nothing more than man's best guess. But God has revealed himself in creation, in the Bible, 
and in the person of Jesus Christ, we can know God and we can be brought into right standing with Him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Here's another record. This is Wretched Radio. Record number of children are attending the Tomorrow Clubs in Africa. You should see the videos. We show them on the Wretched TV show. Hundreds of kids run to meet at a Tomorrow Club in Africa. Why? Because Tomorrow Clubs, they're weekly kids meeting clubs where the kids, yep, they get some treats. But they get the gospel. They get the Bible. They get Bible memorization. Remember, we used to force our kids to do that, but now that we're oppressors, we don't want to be toxic and make our kids memorize Bible verses when it's about a gazillion times easier than when you get old. And they worship the Lord. They pray together and they get loved on. Tomorrow clubs, I'm telling you, record-breaking. The images are so encouraging, so cool. And I would encourage you to consider being a Tomorrow Club partner. It's this is staggering. I was with the Martys when I was up in the Twin Cities uh, a couple months ago. We'll share some of the time that I spent with them. That couple, oh, they're so agitatingly amazing because they just, they're just the sweetest, dearest people. You just always feel like such a sinner. <laughs> I have no fruit of the spirit when I'm around them by comparison. And they've been at this so faithfully. And even though, even though Cindy Marty has health struggles, she just keeps on going so that kids can hear about her Jesus. It's an amazing ministry. It is $1 per child per month. That's it. The economy of the Tomorrow Clubs, it is ridiculous because they have so many volunteers, very little staff. Mostly volunteer driven, $1 per child per month. Encourage you to please consider supporting the great ministry, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Might I also encourage you to send stuff to idea at wretched.org or idea at wretched.org, 1 282 I'm getting better. Just standard text messaging rate supply. All right, this one is from Mitchell. You know what I'm doing? You're staring at me. No, I'm growing in fruit of the spirit. Patience. Mm, that's the one. Oh, well, you know what? That is so funny. Even loving kindness. And that is funny that you mission. Gentleness, the, Jimmy. Okay, thank you. Thank, no, thank you. <laughs> thank you for being the burr that just causes me to grow so much. <laughs> this next question is about patience. Todd, I feel like patience is one of the characteristics God has been working in my heart the past few years and through a lot of waiting, even though uh, I'm only I'm only 18 years old, I have grown in patience, but I wouldn't say I enjoy being patient. Yeah. Even though I trust God in his timing, I don't have a high regard for patience. How would you suggest that I can learn to enjoy patience when more often than not, I'm more indifferent to it? Yeah. <laughs> Two ways. Number one, do it. Just be patient. Just do it. The more you do it, the more it actually becomes habit and a part of you. All right, this is going to sound like, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You just shifted from patience to anger. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So when I'm not angry, it produces the righteousness of God. So if I just stifle it, Get it under control, which is what meekness actually is. It's not a lack of power. It's having power under control. I'm going to grow in righteousness. Ditto patience. You don't feel like it, be it. 
and you will become it. It will produce that in you. Second way that you can have a more positive view of patience, study the one who is the most patient. Study him. Go through your Bible. And I'm not talking just New Testament, Old Testament too. Look at the patience of God, the forbearance of God, how he put up with the Jewish people who were being so dishonoring to him, so meh toward him, murmuring. How patient. How patient was God with the Canaanites. Let them dwell in the land for 400 years before his chosen people were given the land. They marched in and they were to eradicate them. God gave them four centuries to get their act together. You want patience? How's about King David? How's about Solomon? How's about all those stinker kings in the Old Testament? They're just, you got very few good kings. And even the best king was, was I think, not great. And I'm talking about King David. A murderer? A, an adulterer? A fornicator? Whoa, he's the best. He's the best that we've got. God put up with David. God put up with all those lousy kings. God put up with all the nations surrounding his chosen people that were being very cruel to him. How's about Jesus and his patience with, I don't know, Judas Iscariot, three years. He loved that man. He loved the, the disciples didn't know that it was Judas who would betray him because Jesus never tipped his hand. Uh, Judas. He gets the small cut of meat. Judas, uh, we can leave him. He'll catch up. Never. Patient, patient, patient. And then make it personal. I know you're 18, but God has been so patient with you. Even as born-again Christians, how patient is God with me that he doesn't smite me? I deserve it daily. I deserve it momentarily. We all do, and yet he's patient. His forbearance is staggering. Study him, and you'll become more like him, which means you too will become more patient. Thank you for being patient with me. Well, I was patiently waiting waiting for people <laughs> to send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org, or for Jimmy to say, after I say, one 877 Standard text messaging rates apply. <laughs> this one is from Eric. Todd, what in the world is the message Bible, and why should I avoid it? Because it's not a Bible. Next question. Okay. <laughs> it's just not a Bible. It's one man's musings about what he thinks it says. And by the way, it's, a, it's, it's, it's so bad on the level of application. It's, it really is mostly application driven, but it applies to so little. If, if, if the, the person who is supposedly translating the Bible bakes application into it, you're missing out on all the other applications. Remember, every verse has one meaning, one meaning bazillions of applications. So if you're just reading a transcript that is more about application, uh, you're, you're not getting to what the word is teaching, what its one meaning is so that you can actually apply it in different contexts and in different settings. In other words, it ain't helpful. Idea.wretched.org. All right. This one is from Sterling. Todd, so as, as we're about to head into the Christmas season, what are your thoughts on unmarried people doing mistletoe? Ah, schmoochin? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, let's let's just make it a Christian context, shall we? Would you kiss? Now, are we, 
I presume is the mistletoe demand kiss on the cheek or or kiss on the lips? Uh, Does it matter? Nah, nah. Right, we, we, this is this is just a a cursor on the relationships that are biblically defined. You only have a few. Here they are: friend, that's biblical; brother or sister, relative. Okay, how do you treat them? For, take away the mistletoe. Do you do you kiss your friends? Okay. Probably not. Maybe after you haven't seen them for a long time, you know the, the you know the French thing on the cheek. Okay, then fine. Do that under the mistletoe if you want to. I don't think that's the intention of the mistletoe. What about your mom? Would you smooch her on the lips? Uh, then you don't want to be doing that under the mistletoe. But what about those those people at church that are brothers and sisters? Even though the custom was to greet one another with a holy kiss. Our application of that, which would not be revealed in the message, would be to greet each other warmly. In your cultural context, what is appropriate and what that looks like can be different. So how do you, how do you greet your brothers and sisters in church? You don't smooch them. What is, kiss, kissing, especially on the lips, that's, that's a romantic thing. Okay, a parent with their little kids does that. I, I did with my kids. Didn't matter. Girls, boy. Kissed them on the lips because they're little kids. But that stop. Because it's not appropriate any longer. And it's not appropriate to kiss somebody on the lips unless you are in one more relationship that is defined in the Bible, marriage. So if you want to smooch your honey on Christmas, you jump underneath the mistletoe. Everybody else, eh. idea at wretched.org. All right, this one is from Anonymous. Todd, can a biblical church have a woman as a children's ministry director. Define director. That's the only issue that I would see. Can a woman apply her skills to organizing? Uh, to, to even, I will, I will say, leading the little children? Yeah. Praise God for that. Just be careful with the title thing. That's all. A director. I think one of, not the only, but a helpful rule when it comes to defining roles of men and women, uh, is, is, is there any sort of confusion that could be created that would give people the impression of a violation of 1 Timothy 2.12? Follow that and you'll be, you'll be just fine. So I think a woman can indeed be the, the children's ministry leader. If by director, if you think that that starts to get kind of close to elder or pastor, then just pick a different word and certainly just avoid elder or pastor. A lot of people try that. Well, they're just, she's just the children's ministry pastor. You can put an adjective in front of it and the pastor is a pastor. And if a woman is acting as a pastor, even with adjectives, it's a violation of 1 Timothy 2.12. Having said all of that, lead on, madam. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>